Hey, mamas, it's Danielle here with another episode of Go Head Mama. As you know, Kate is baking another baby, so we are talking to awesome moms um, while we wait for the baby to arrive. But today is really, really special because I get to talk to one of my really good friends, the awesome and amazing Felicia Hatcher. Felicia, how are you doing? Say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on your show, Danielle. Oh my gosh, not a problem. I I, I have to admit to everyone that I'm like, a, I'm standing for Felicia. I don't think it's like a secret anymore. I'm just so enamored with everything that you do. And then on top of it, you went and became a mom like almost <laughs> like six months before I did. And then uh-huh. I'm just like, we're bonded for life. Because now I just, anytime I think of there's an excuse of why I'm not doing it, Felicia reminds me that it can be done. <laughs> Um, but I just, I mean, I just wanted to, uh, just sharing your story about Ori and how she was born and your experience there, because needless to say, it was, it was quite the jarring experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so why don't you start us off, Felicia, tell us a little bit about what it, what, what it was like, um, having Ori. Yeah. So, uh, my daughter Ori, who is like turning four this year, I can't believe it. I'm like. It's when people tell you it goes by really fast, it goes by really freaking fast. Uh, oh my gosh. So I said six months because I imagine our window being so close. It's uh-huh. damn near a year. <laughs> yeah, she'll be she'll be four oh my gosh. Uh, in October. Oh, oh my gosh. Um Yeah, and it's it's definitely been a, a wild journey. You know, it was um it was a journey for my husband and I to uh conceive, you know, Ori and, and we had a lot of trouble with that. And so when we finally, it was like, oh, crap, like we're really pregnant. Uh, it was really cool, but it was also a really rough time. You know, my husband and I are entrepreneurs. Um, we had took on investors the year before, uh, spent a really crazy, stressful, stressful year of like battling them back and forth on like everything you could possibly mm. think of it. Owned a gourmet popsicle manufacturing company that was vegan friendly and um, had very, very big dreams, especially with like this huge infusion of cash and like all this stuff and things were supposed to move really fast. And I'm also find out I'm pregnant, like, you know, six months into this deal. So, um, you know, excited, but then also stressed because it's just trying to, I guess, lessen the stress as much as possible because that's just what you're supposed to do when you're pregnant. Yeah. But then also just stress of these investors and all the problems that were kind of arising and the, the day to day was, was really hard on, hard on me uh, and hard on our pregnant and on the pregnancy as well. And to make a long story short, uh, we ended up getting out of the investor deal. And part of that deal was our store and closing our store. And so we closed our store and a month later, I went into labor early. And and just for everyone I, to know, um, how far along were you at that point? Yeah, I was, Ori was born at 24 weeks and five days. No, mm. no, I'm sorry, 23 weeks and five days. Mm. I added a week in there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm sure yes. that week would have been precious to you, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was just, um, you know, I just wasn't feeling well that day. And we had been like running around like crazy that day. And I don't even remember why we ended up like close to where my parents live, but they live like almost an hour away from where we lived. 
and we ended up up there and we stopped at my parents' house and I was just, I just remember feeling really tired mm. and, um, and it was crazy cause I always think about that. And I even have this like kind of weird business fear cause I had a really big week coming up the following week, like a really big week where I had like this, I just remember having this board that I'd written down like all my meetings and like what my ass are going to be. Cause these were all like big money meetings. Mm. And I just, I, I remember that board because I wasn't feeling well and I, I decided to go to sleep. I still wasn't feeling well. I was starting to get in pain. Mm. And I remember calling my midwife and she was just like, well, it's either gas <laughs> or, or it could be something more serious. Like, don't you love that it's always gas? <laughs> when you're pregnant, everything could like be gas. Two extremes, right? <laughs> like either gas or you're going into labor. And I was just like, and you know, nothing ever popped into my mind that I could possibly be going into labor uh, two days shy of being six months pregnant. Like nothing at all, right? Uh, so I'm like, okay, gas or whatever. And I just I remember telling, like, I remember going to the to the um, emergency room and them like strapping all, all kind of stuff on me and not even believing that I was having contraction. But I'm like, these things are coming like every few minutes apart. Like, and I I, I just didn't know, right? Right. And, um, I just remember them saying, you know what, we're going to need to keep you for a few days. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I, I remember, and why I brought up the board is I remember telling Derek, just go, go home and get my laptop and get that board. And I'm just going to like chill for a few days. Like I, I remember that. So you thought it was a vacation. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, I'm just going to lay down. I'm going to relax. Like I can ignore the calls from my investors. I can ignore calls from customers. <laughs> like I just remember all of that. So like, like so vividly because I just didn't think that I was going into labor. And then two, it was just, I was running a lot, you know, yeah. and, and planning a lot. And it was just, it was, just, uh, it was a lot. Right. Yeah. And I just remember like the night just quickly <laughs> progressing and I, uh, it was just weird. It was, it was a weird night. Um, uh, I just remember the doctor going in and it was just like, like she's breach and you're going to have to push. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean push? Like, like I, I don't, I couldn't even like, I, I was, I just remember saying, what do you mean push? And then just like, and my mom was there at the time and literally just bawling, crying. Cause I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. And, you know, I just, I ended up going into labor and I remember that night, the, the neonatologist was just like, you know, I want you guys to go visit Ori as much as you can. Cause they didn't think she was going to make it through the night. Like she had a 1% chance of like survival and just, just craziness. And, um, like I tell this story a lot to women now because it was just like, it was, it's probably one of the most defining moments in my life about like strength and courage and faith and, and everything. And I just remember going in there and there was this Jamaican nurse <laughs> that was there and I'm sitting there in this room that I don't fully understand. And there's all this beeping and wires and incubators and parents and just a lot, you know, the first time going like it's one of those places where you hate that you end up there, but you're, you're thanking God that it exists yeah. and it runs and it functions and miracles yeah. happen there like every single day. And I remember sitting like looking at the into the incubator and looking at her. She's so small 
and like crying my eyes out and still not understanding like how all of this transpired. And this nurse comes up and she was like, is that a girl? And I was just like, huh? She like asked me again. I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, she's going to be fine. And she like walks off. (laughs) And I, and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to process in that moment when someone tells you something's going to be okay when everyone else is telling you that it's not right. And 1% and like all this stuff. Second night in there, we made it through one day. Like we're on to the second day and I'm sitting there, same state of mind, crying, noise beeping, like all that stuff. And that same nurse walks by and she asked me the same question. Like she didn't see me the day before. (laughs) And she's like, is she a girl? And she's like, she's going to be okay. And I'm just like, listen, you you got to come back here and tell me why you think that because nothing you know, is telling you that. Yeah, and the neonatologist is like she's just not going to make it. Just all this stuff, and she was just like, I've been a neonatologist, not not a neonatologist, but I've been like a a NICU nurse for almost twenty years, and what I know is that girls, uh, their survival rate is higher than boys mm. in the NICU, and she's like, I've just seen it over and over again, and so. You got a girl and she's going to be fine. And I, it took me like about a week to fully process like what she said, like in that moment. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when you think about us as women, like when we're literally like the smallest person on this earth, when like literally every single thing is stacked against us, as far as us not, not being able, not supposed to survive, not to, you know, not to have our place, not to take up space in the world, like all of that that there's something that's in us uh, that's innately in us that we're l- literally like born like for tough, like mm. we're survive. And I was just like, why doesn't anyone know about this? Like I've never been told that. And I was like, I wonder how, how many more women would like stand up with like their shoulders squared and back and, and, and really like own them and own their dreams and own their possibilities and take up space in the world if they knew that when we come into this world and we're the smallest and we're not supposed to survive there's something in us that goes into survival mode and kind of protects us and and we have higher survival rates like I don't know I'm probably like going off on this whole tangent Danielle but I that was the probably I mean it was a tough lesson to learn but it was the most transformational lesson that I've learned in my entire life about just being a woman and, and and being a mother. And, you know, it was a very rough first two years because there was just a lot, yeah, um, a lot going on. I remember, I remember the day that I had to take Ori home and I, I didn't show up until the end of the night. And I was like, I've never told anybody this, but I didn't show up until the end of the night because I was terrified to take her home um, after being in the NICU for three months. And most of that was because I was literally sitting in my car in the parking lot. Mm. Like, how am I going to take care of this kid? And without all these nurses and without all these things and like this help and like, what am I going to do? And it was just, it was just crazy because I, I just remember getting there and then giving them all the, giving us all this instruction and like all the stuff that we need to do. But I remember like this piece of paper that they gave us and was like, here are all the specialists like she needs to visit. Mm. And there's like seven names and numbers on that piece of paper. And it was just like, you got your car seat. Okay. Like time to go. And I was just like, 
I I didn't know how to process that, you know, and it's just like I've been an entrepreneur for years before that and you know, all the school you go to and the yeah. companies you work for and the problem solving that you do in the boardroom <laughs> nothing nothing equips you for for that. So I'm I'm rarely silent, but I mean just hearing this Felicia and I think the 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 funny thing is I, you know, I consider you my friend, but there's so, it's so easy to miss parts of people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this was something you experienced. I think I knew it kind of like when it was happening and then kind of after the fact, after Ori was home. But like, that was why I wanted you on the show. Cause there's just, I can't imagine what it must've been like being in that NICU, you know? And, yeah. and, and we'll talk about things people have said to you that kind of make you want to flip them off. But <laughs> yeah, like I'm glad we can laugh because she's, she's energetic and she's vibrant yeah. now, but just hearing you talk about it, just kind of as best possible, put me in a place where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm not similarly. I'm not sure I would have been able to take this woman's positive feedback as anything but wishful thinking Yeah, and going into the NICU every day while she was there. Um, it, it just makes me want to just hug you virtually, hug you even more. Um, but it's just, it, it, this is why the story isn't so important because kids are born preemie all the time. Oh, all the time. Yeah. And like you said, it's great that we have the technology, but we're not talking about what it's like for the mother and, and, and the father. Um, but, you know, we're talking to you as the mother and, and what it's like going through those first days, hours, minutes, you know, what it's like, what, you know, what you're feeling. So I know that you're saying that, you know, it was, it was hard, but you said you felt all of these things about uh, faith and uh, Mm -hmm. just kind of strength. And I'm just curious, you know, when did that click over for you? Because I'm not sure it would have clicked over for me anytime soon. So I'm just curious. I, I don't know when it clicked over um, because it was literally just like, okay, like, we're going, and yeah. this is, like, this is real, and and some days not feeling like it's real, right? Because it just, it didn't make sense, and, you know, kind of just, there was a whole kind of shock. I, I, I don't, like, I don't know when it clicked. I don't even know if I, we stopped enough to really process everything. It was just like, all right, this is what's happening. Like, this is what you need to do you know, the instructions of everything. And it's just like, you need to breastfeed because, or pump milk because she really needs that. And just like struggling to do that while you're you're trying to recover from a C-section and understanding like how important that is and literally learning as you go, how important like these things are. And, um, you know, like kangaroo time and like how, fun that sound but how how important that was you know and and you know and it was rough for us because not only were we dealing with this and you know we spent I mean we spent total of like four months in the hospital but she was in the NICU for three months and then she was home for a month and then we were back in the hospital because she ended up getting a trach like it was just Mm. you know it's just crazy but I don't think that that we stopped to really process because it was literally just like listening and going and, but it also helped that we, like my parents were extremely supportive. Yeah. 
and they helped out. I mean, they helped out so much. And I think that allowed us to not think if that makes any sense. Right. Because like, you know, they were feeding us and we had like moved into my parents' house because they were what, 10 minutes from not even 10 minutes from the hospital. Hmm. And so like, we didn't have to do that big commute to Broward. Like it was just, it was a lot of things that we literally were on autopilot and not thinking about because literally all we could think about is like, like, how do we get to the other side of this, you know? And is there another other side of this? Because that's not certain. That's literally like day by day of, you know, the life expectancy kind of increasing and is she gaining weight? And like, why does she need like, uh, what was it like caffeine tablet? It, it was just like, oh it was gosh. a lot of boosting too. I'm just like, like everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what that means, but literally by the time you leave three months, like you felt like you've been in med school and like, well, because it's been neonatologist and you can challenge like anybody like, no, like I know what that beeping means. And I know mm. like, I know what all these things mean that I just never thought you would, you would need to to know these things. But I guess being present and being able to be there and just, yeah. Well, I, I don't even know if I answered your question. No, I, it's perfect. It's perfect because it's honest, right? Like this is, this is what you experienced. And I remember um, one time you were telling me that there were all of this laundry list of specialists that she yeah. had to see. The, uh, how long was she in need of seeing all of these specials? Like, is it, how has it ended? Does it, you know, I don't know. And I'm just curious, um, how it's working now or how it worked at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it was, I would say maybe about the first two years, year and a half, two years for sure. Before like some of the specialists dropped off of like having to be like every month to every like year, you know, and then some just kind of dropping off completely, which is just amazing. So, yeah, you know, she still has some annual checkups. There's still like some therapy stuff that we have to do with her. But, I mean, most people don't know that she went through that, right? No, no, and, you would not know. <laughs> you would not know. And it's just, I, I guess it's just, it's an, a, a testament to how strong these kids are, too, and how resilient they are. Like, we we spent 10 months, um, or we had a trach for 10 months. Like, mm. she, you know, we had brought her home, and then one night she just, it she started breathing really crazy, and... um and come to find out, like, she had some two cysts in her airway that were starting to block off her airway. And it just, I mean, just, like, I'm, like, thinking about all this stuff now because we were on the other side. And I'm just, like, I don't have all this equipment that I'm walking around with. Like, uh, like heart monitors and uh, suction machines. And, like, it would, <laughs> it was funny. Not even, it's not even, it's not funny, but kind of looking at it on the back of, like, how much like shit that we had to pack to go places, you know, to like all these doctor's appointments. And it was like three different machines. And if one of the little things fell off, it like everyone would turn around because it's beeping like a, like a a crazy siren, but then the stairs that you would get. Right. And the noises she would make with her trick, it made it really hard, but we just, you just kind of keep, you kind of just keep going because you get into this point where it's just like, this is our life, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember, like, in a funny way, like, even, like, going to the hospital. Like, I remember having this conversation with Derek about, like, when a, when one of her specials was like, oh, we're going to have to, like, 
admitted to the hospital and it was like autopilot for us like okay let's just go throw these things in a bag we need our blanket you need our ipad and we just go to the hospital like it was it was like going to grocery grocery shopping where at in any normal stance it's just like oh my god like i gotta go spend the night in the hospital and that's just how routine it had become and i don't know if that was healthy or not but that was literally just like our life you know hey we need to she needs to stay overnight three or four days and just like okay let's grab all this stuff like and you're gonna take the couch and (laughs) i'll sleep in the bed with ori and we'll like rotate and it just became really it just became really normal but i think um you know and i was upset for a while about the business and closing the store and then the back and forth legal stuff with our investors and trying to keep our company, trying to keep it going, you know, for like another two years after all of that. And, you know, I think in the moment you're really sour and really resentful about a lot of situations. And then you just look back of like, there's no way I would have kept that company going if none, if that didn't happen, you know what I mean? So it was literally like this weird twisted blessing in disguise because I, you need to be present in the business and you need to, and I also 110% needed to be present with Ori, right? And if we weren't 110% present with her, like, would she be as healthy as she is today, you know? And so it's weird because like, you hear it all the time, right? Like, especially like island parents are just like, (laughs) everything happens for a reason. And and it does, right? And you may not see it while you're standing in it, but when you get to the other side of it, because you keep going, you're just like, all right, well, I couldn't have handled both of those things. Yeah. And as upset as I was, I just couldn't. Um, and I needed that to happen, no matter how twisted it was, in order to like be able to push forward. And I think sometimes we don't look at it that way. Like, you know, when we ask God for things and it usually never comes the way you expect it to come. Right. But it yes. comes. Yes. Um, and you have to be able to take, take it the way it comes because it's exactly what you asked for and know that it may not come in that pretty bow that you asked it to come in, but it's going to come. Whew. Agreed. That's the one response to that. That is because it, my my brain is just, my brain's just churning because, you know, I, I, I want to ask more about what your support looked like then. Um, partly because I want to ask like now hindsight being 2020, what you would have liked. So, so let's start. I mean, I know you've had, you had your parents, which was huge mm-hmm. and it worked that they were close to the hospital. Um, yeah. Of course you've got rock star Derek who, you know, is going through this alongside you. Um did you have other, what, what other support did you have uh, that, if any? Um, I mean, not like, I guess it depends on how you define support, right? So not a lot because it was, it was also really, it was really hard because like we were literally waiting until the six month mark to tell everyone like, Hey, like we're having a baby. So yeah. So no one knew that I was pregnant. And so no one really even knew that I was going into labor or I went into labor. Yeah. And so that was really hard. And then at one point, my mom, she's a Jamaican woman. She's like, don't put your business on Facebook, you know? And so it's like, (laughs) 
I still struggle with my island parents in the back of my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't shake you guys. (laughs) It was like, even when I talk about that week I was supposed to have after that and Derek having to call people and be like, Felicia went into labor and they're like, wait, what what are you talking about? Like she was pregnant. She was pregnant. You know, so answering a lot of that, those questions while literally like kind of being in everything, was just really hard. Um, You know, I had a lot of friends that were, upset that I didn't tell them that I was pregnant but it was just like I I was going to you yeah, know and you just wanted to find the right time the window right, for right. You. yeah and 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 you know it's so hard when um you know you like had a miscarriage and you're trying to tell people like you don't want to tell a lot of people because if it doesn't work out, you got to tell a lot of people that it didn't work out. Yeah. And that's a story that you don't want to have to like relive over and over again. So for us, like six months was like that safe time. And that was also when we were going to find out like the gender too. You yeah. Know, so it was like, and, and so it was a lot of hard conversations with people uh, and people getting upset. Like, why didn't you tell me you were pregnant? Like, I thought we were, I was just like, listen, it's not about you right yes. now. It's not about me right oh, now. Okay. That's going to be uh, the quote of this show. It's not about you. <laughs> <laughs> and people will make it about them. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, you know, that was, that was hard and interesting. Like a lot of family didn't know, like my parents had only known, like, a few weeks before because we had just you know it was just um it was a lot of that and so I don't blame anyone for not necessarily showing up because I just it it was a it was a, a it was a difficult conversation to have with people after the fact you mm-hmm. know um but I, I mean but people that I talked to they showed up in some form of or another right they stopped by they visit whatever but it was it was literally my parents and like just having an amazing husband, you know, and it's just like, it's one of those things where you kind of meet someone and you get together and you get married. And when you go through stuff, like what you went through, you're like, this is, this is why I married this person, you know, because we had to be each other's rock. And you may not know that strength when you first meet, but you're just like, okay, I get it. You know, I get why we were like, drawn together and I get why we are together and I get why because we literally had to be each other's rocks like I like even with this conversation and sometimes rethinking it it was just like how the hell did we survive that yeah Uh, and like everything you know just like financially how did we survive that um emotionally how did we survive that um you know how did we like how did our marriage survive because it was just it's hard, you know, when you're going through such a difficult situation as like dealing with an infant that is has all these challenges. And, you know, it's very easy to blame yourself and it's very easy to blame the person that's closest to you mm. over and over and over again and kind of use them as a punching bag. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Huh. Nuggets of wisdom, Felicia, because, you know, even being someone that hasn't gone through this this experience, I always think, that you know, when you talk about things, I think about it in my context. I remember the big bags and I remember being emotionally drained and and not feeling myself and not owning my body anymore and all these things. And I'm I'm so Mm -hmm. focused on that. But then you add on the component 
of will this baby survive and and right. how do I maintain their health, which are huge, huge additions. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess my baby bag wasn't so bad, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and, and maybe I should have given Doug, you know, a little bit more of a break. But everyone's experience is different. But I'm I think mm-hmm. that the thing that I also wanted to chat with you about is having seen this and having seen this from your own existence and hindsight being 2020, what do you want other people to know um, when they kind of go into the experience of having a friend or, or they themselves are going through having uh, a premature baby? Because I will be honest, I was ignorant to all of the things that you experienced prior to mm-hmm. you sharing them with me. Right. Yeah. And that's just a lack of knowledge in that, well, the babies are preemies and they, you know, they do mm-hmm. have a risk, but they survive in the hospital and then they go home healthy. Right. Yeah. As ignorant as that might be, that is a lot of the perception that people have. Once they get out of mm-hmm. the hospital, they're fine. And that's what I thought. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That's just what I thought. Like, uh, you don't, you, I, I mean, and that's any situation right or especially when it's a tragic and 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 life-altering situation like if you're not in it or you've never been like you know close to it I, i i don't know if it's like growing up with disney movies or what you just always think that there's like this rainbow on the other side of of things and and i i also like i mean i love that you're doing this topic because it's important to know because so often society just tells us that things are going to be okay mm. and that things are always okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that there's always a sil- silver lining and all you have to do is click your heels, Dorothy. And like, <laughs> you can easily get yourself out of this situation. And so when we, when we do go through rough times, you beat yourself up and you internalize it as you being the problem. Um, and not that it's just, it's just the ebb and flow of life. Yeah. Um, and things happen, Right. Um, and, and things happen all the time and they happen to people and, and sometimes we know about them and sometimes we don't and, but things happen to everyone and it may not always be a preemie baby situation, but we lose people and car accidents, like you just never know. Right. So every little, every breath that you take and every morning that you wake up on this earth, like you really, we really truly have to count our blessings because it as, and and the thing is like, I belong to we're joining all these preemie like support groups on social media. And like, I would even think like, you know, going home and like having to deal with seven specialists and, um, or not being able to breathe and having, you know, all these things and like being in it, it's just, Oh my gosh, it, you know, it's hard. But then I would be in these groups and constantly be reminded, but that it could have been worse. Mm. Um, and it can be worse, you know? And, there are parents that are, even though I felt like I was dealing with every possible thing, that there are parents that are dealing with way worse, yeah, um, and and have much bigger challenges than 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 we did, you know. And I remember, like, I mean, I'm still friends with uh, one of the ladies that were in the NICU, and she had triplets, right? So like three or essentially, and um, and I was just like, I just got one, yeah. but. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 and I can't imagine that challenge. Um, and it's been a blessing to be able to watch her boys grow on social media and they're like three months older than Ori. Like, Aww. you know, it, they were like, they were like roommates to a certain extent, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's just, um, you know, it could always be 
rougher. And that's why I think it's so important to to be kind to people because you literally never know what they're going through. And I think when you talk about like how to support people, how to support moms, you know, I think it's to me, it's two things. It's like, I think one of the worst things you can say to people is like, let me know if you need anything or, or I can help. Because mm. uh, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I feel like the it's it's a scapegoat to not really have to do anything because that person more than likely is never going to ask you. Um, or sometimes it just takes a lot to ask people for help. And I think that the easier thing to do, if you genuinely mean that, is like, whatever you do, like, whatever you're good at, just do that. Just um, do like, it. Yeah, just show up whatever way you show up and how you show up and whatever that thing is that you do, you do that. And don't wait for the person to ask or something, because a lot of times they're just not going to ask. Um, they're just too inundated with whatever they're dealing with um, or they don't want to be a burden to people, you know, and sometimes the stress of wanting to ask for help but not wanting to be a burden for someone is can is 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 brings people pushes people in a whole other direction you know so like if you are a friend that's amazing in music just like just create a mixtape for that person right (laughs) or create like a playlist and just drop it off right if that's the thing and that's what you do if you were an amazing cook just like meal prep for the person for the week and just drop that shit off like um because because the person I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's just like, just do so. that thing that you do um, and help people out in that way. Yeah. Well, all I was going to say is that even in my experience, the friends that have been um, most epic, which is a word that you love to use, um, is they've, they've done that. And I think that that's the thing that I didn't realize before having um, my girls is that I can help by just being me. And I think for a lot of people, just being on the flip side as someone who has said, how can I help and meaning it genuinely, it's that you really don't know how. And a lot lot of times Mm -hmm. because we haven't done what you've done is take the time to assess that part of being this person's friend is that they love you and being more you is help in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and again, just thinking about it in, in again, hindsight being 2020 saying, how can I help to someone that is, literally just trying to ensure that their child survives the next day, they don't have the time to think about how you can help them. Like right, you just right. don't have that bandwidth, that space. Um, yeah. makes, you, you ask if you're making sense and you're making crystal clear sense. And I think that's a really helpful thing when we're thinking about um, any type of situation. Like I've got friends now that are going through certain things and, and I'm trying to do that more. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not the best cook, but I am a funny yeah. kind of person. Right. And if I can just bring <laughs> that hilarity to them, it, it brings the joy to their day, and I'm realizing that more and more. Mamas, we hope you enjoyed this episode. It was so great. At least I think so. But of course I do. But if you enjoyed it as much as I did, get ready. There's a part two coming up, and Felicia is going to share so much more about her experience. So Felicia was so nice, we had to interview her twice. As always, a special shout out to our producer, Nick, at The Mediocre Parent Show. And until next time, mamas, take care of yourselves. We love you.